that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. Advent is the anticipation of the act of God entering the world as flesh, blood, and bone, the incarnation. The response of human beings should be one of jubilation, of an awe, and of dedication. It is the pivotal moment of all history where God, the Father, creator of the universe, proclaims, I am bringing you good news of great joy, which shall be for all. This was to be the fulfillment of God's plan of redemption, according to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 10. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing that are in the heavenly places, even as he shows us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. In all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, Things on earth. This advent, this coming, was the fulfillment, the culmination of all that God had set in motion before even the earth was created. It was coming. However, these truths had yet to be revealed to those who lived through the first advent. We had the benefit of 2,000 years of hindsight, but those in Jesus' day did not know what was coming. In fact, they were just coming through a 400-year period of silence where God had ceased to speak through the prophets since Malachi. Malachi was the last prophetic word until Jesus was revealed. Advent is primarily a time where the focus is placed more often on our preparation. We think about what we ought to be doing in this time, certainly while the around that idea. What should we be doing during Advent in preparation for God's coming? But how often do we stop to consider God's preparation? The temptation is to imagine that God is idle during this 400-year period. 
that God was just kind of kicking back, hiding out, not really doing anything, just taking a sort of a vacation from meddling in affairs of mankind. But silence does not mean an action. It is possible for the gospel go out into the world only because of what God did during that time. Historically, Alexander the Great brought Hellenistic culture into the land of Palestine, which set the stage for Greek to become the common language of the people for most of the world. That the Hebrew Old Testament would be translated into Greek into the Septuagint. It was the Bible that Jesus himself may have used. That was prevalent in his time. Rome came to power shortly later. And bring roads and commerce, improving travel, improving the means for the gospel to be sent throughout the known world. God was not sitting idly back, but was preparing the world for the reception of his son, for the reception of the gospel, making it possible to reach the widest audience. There was an earlier period of 400 years where God was also seemingly silent, one that we covered in our sermon series earlier in the year, mentioned in Genesis 15, 13 to 16, in which God was again making preparations. He said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterwards they shall come out with great possessions. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace, you shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. God was busy with preparations for his people preparing them for his plan. You see, 400 years later, the greatest prophet in the Old Testament, Moses, would appear. An archetype of the Messiah yet to come. And he would lead God's people out of the bondage to Egypt. He would lead them out of Egypt into a promised land. They were also to be the instrument of God's judgment on the animals. But at the time of Abraham, the preparations were not yet completed for this to transpire. Now, 100 years after Isaiah's prophecy that we read earlier, and 200 years before the silence following Malachi, another prophet cried out to God, How long, O Lord? How long? Must I call for help, but you do not listen? I'm sure the Israelites, in their bondage, in their servitude, said the same, How long, Lord, must we wait? 
But God had a response in Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 3. He said, For still the vision awaits its pointed time. It is not yet here. It hastens to the end. It will not long. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Now let's be honest. Having to wait, and worse yet, receiving silence as the reason behind the waiting is not one of the most enjoyable experiences of life. How many of you enjoy waiting in lines at the store, at the gas pump, at the DMV? How many of you enjoy that experience of waiting? And I noticed this week, as I went to retrieve my mother to bring her home for Thanksgiving, that I had to wait a lot more because the roads were filled. Where are all these people coming from? What's going on? None of us enjoy waiting. And some people actually fear the silence that accompanies waiting. And they'll try to take matters into their own hands. God, you're just moving too slow. Out of the way, let me give you a hand here. Be safe. But we forget that God has a purpose in silence. There's a reason he doesn't tell us what's going on. Most often, silence is a signal that there must be something amiss.
One Hebrew scholar has said it is a brilliant device for deepening the sense. One thing you will hear from me when I'm off to pass to give you a glimpse of what's coming is you'll hear me say, spoilers. Spoilers. What that means is I don't like to spoil the surprise that's coming. And I believe our God is a God who loves surprises. And so he doesn't give the surprise away before it is ready. There is nothing better than trying to surprise someone and waiting for that moment to see their face when the realization hits. I'll never forget driving around with Kevin, trying to surprise him for his 40th birthday, only to have Kevin spoil the surprise and tell me he already knew. I <laughs> <laughs> was Kevin, he could have been doing other things and driving around aimlessly if I only know. And then I remember the time my son bought me up and asked me if I would mother-in-law down to the shore and keep her busy for a while because they had planned a two-week vacation for her down the shore and I was to deliver her to the doorstep where they would be sitting on the porch. And I was saying to myself, this is never going to work. She's going to guess too soon. And when we pulled up in front of that house, I thought for sure she knew, but as I looked in the back seat, there were tears coming down her face as the realization hit of what her son-in-law and her daughter had done for her. You see, she had just come off of six months of chemo and radiation for cancer. And they wanted her to be blessed. Silence is usually a sign of concentration during preparation where activity is totally focused on the achievement of a desired object. Our passage from the Book of Lamentations today provides some good advice for us to follow in the midst of silence, especially where God is involved, especially when we're tempted to question His motivations. 325-26 says, The Lord is good. Silence does not mean the Lord is bad. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. To the soul who seeks Him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. The prophet of the back came to an important realization after his earlier frustrations in the back of 2.20. How long, O Lord? God said this. The Lord is in his holy temple. 
Let all the earth keep silence before him. The Lord, in other words, knows what he's doing. The Lord is in control. He works from his holy temple, directing all that is happening on the earth. This sentiment is also expressed in the famous Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. How often have we wanted to jump in when it seems like God is dragging his feet and trying to be God of the situation? Silence, patient waiting, is a sign of respecting and trusting God, even when he does not. Consider the presence of silence in the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas. More often than not, it is a period of arranging preparations. Silence. Come on. There's cleaning to be done. There's purchasing. There's cooking. There's baking. There's writing cards. There's making lists of more things I've got to do. Silence, really? Kevin and I have a code word we use with each other when we get together for our weekly prayers. We say the plate is full. It means we've got a lot of things to do and we probably aren't taking time out to have silence. The major focus is on preparing for the ultimate expression of Christmas in our minds, the presence. What to give? And whom to give them to? Who are the people in our lives that are deserving us here? Who have made Santa's list? Have you ever sat down to make a list of those individuals whom you know? Is God on that list? At what points do they arise in their sectors? Are they family, friends, co workers, fellow students, neighbors, church members, or acquaintances? Are we really? Concentrate our efforts at Christmas on physical gifts? What if we were to give presents to others instead? Presents spell P R E S E N C E. How much time have you devoted to sharing your presence with them? Praying for them. Sharing the gospel with them is it even a priority. But I'm too busy, you might say. That's right. You are. 
Silence is a means to, means to slow things down, to contemplate, an opportunity to refocus. What are you too busy doing? Have you taken that time to ask God, what do you want me to invest in the lives of others? To prepare them for a relationship with Jesus. Is what you spend time doing during Advent going to amount to anything outside of this life? It's a pretty sobering thing to think about, but it should not remain just a thought. Are you going to give the same old presence to others this year? Or will you prepare to give them your presence this year? Of all the gifts that God could have given to us, He chose to give Himself His presence in Christ. How much effort is put into the worship of our God from whom we have received this gift? Not just Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, but the entirety of Advent. Let us truly prepare the way for our Lord and Savior to be revealed to us in this Advent season and to others. Okay, now, private confession.